0: Welcome back to Millennial Ag, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us today, your co-hosts and Likely and Catherine Lotzbeach. Listeners,
1: welcome back to this week's episode. As promised, Catherine and I are actually <laughs> in the same room as each other and we can touch each other.
0: <laughs> Finally, it's been way too long and... It's really good to see you, Val, but I'm getting sick and tired of you bringing snow with you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I was like. How are the roads?
0: Am I going to make it out here this time?
1: But I did. I did. I found a pickup and I drove out here rather than the little rental car. Because I was... Not that the rental car wouldn't have made it. Like, I had full faith. But... I just feel so small and that I'm going to get squished. I'm so used to a pickup. And
0: And we really don't want you to get squished. No. That would be bad.
1: No, I don't want to get squished either. (laughs) Especially (laughs) with all the traffic. I was starting to get busy again, but the... the Colorado traffic and being on I twenty five with concrete barrier on one side and a semi on the other in a little mm. tiny
0: car is n- <laughs> not fun. Not your favorite thing. No. Nope. Well, yeah, it's good thing you work for a company you can borrow a truck from. Yep, most definitely. <laughs> so this week, listeners, um, it's just me and Val, and um, we're gonna have a discussion about some things that have been rolling around in our brains, um, and. We'd like to know what you have to say about it, what your experiences are, and maybe if you have any answers because I have a lot of complaints but no answers right now.
1: <laughs> well, and this is this is truly, I think, coming from maybe a millennial perspective mm-hmm. um, and our discussions around what we see, the millennial attitude, the millennial involvement, you know, and, and we would love to hear insight from different different people you know whether it's
0: whether Whether or not you're a millennial yeah or
1: or if you're a man listening to our podcast too you know this is this is female millennial talk when we're talking about involvement and engagement um and so we want to know what you think too and whether whether you have answers or whether we're
0: off our rockers, maybe <laughs> <laughs> more than we usually are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I went to an event last week. Um, that it's an agricultural um, meeting, for lack of a better term, I guess. You know, it's an event where it's supposed to be uh, networking and listening to what the what the issues of the day in Colorado Ag are. Um, and and you know bringing together policyholders and produce, or policymakers and producers and stakeholders you know within agriculture and it was really good to get out and see people again um, you know meet up with friends I haven't seen in a while but as I was sitting there listening to some of the content I was struck by the fact that it was pretty vanilla. Um,
1: what do you mean by that?
0: Yeah, so we're talking about the same old issues. We had the same old presenters that we always have um, talking about the same things we've been talking about since I've been a part of the organization. Um, and I think things longer than that. And it, you know, there were some things that, that were done differently this time around. Um, there's a keynote speaker that was really great. He talked about, um, you know, how we, need to, how we need to learn how to work together. Um, he was speaking specifically about the political divide and how we need to learn to work together again um, or risk our democracy. That was a really interesting speech. But I was thinking that that this event was really rare in my life. Organizational meetings with my parents, and I was involved with them when I was in FFA. Um, but it seems like... Now, for our generation, there's a lack of organizations or um, not a lack of issues, but a lack of uh, ways for us to interact with each other in agriculture um, in terms of being part of something bigger than yourself and giving back to your community, to an organization, you know, in those sorts of terms. Does that make sense? It does, and I think... I wonder
1: so I was struggling a little bit with this. Well, that was kind of funny. I was struggling a little bit with this a few months ago, you know, and I was I was thinking, yeah, I'm busy, but there's something I want to get involved in. I, there's something I want to be involved with in the community, yeah. to give back, to to learn what's going on, to see my neighbors more often, to to be involved. And then two opportunities for me came came involved, the Magic Valley Cattle Association and Farm Bureau. And I was like I can't do both and I decided to do the Magic Valley Cattle Association. But I wonder if and when I was struggling with it, I knew that these things existed. You know, you know Farm Bureau exists, you know Calp exists, you know, you know, Dairy West or Dairy Max or whoever out here exists. But is it who are the people that are currently involved and are they reaching out To pull the next generation up because it's. I think for for me anyway, it was. I'll do it if I'm asked, Mm -hmm. and I want I want somebody, and this is my my personality too. But I want somebody to feel like I am qualified to do it, and I want them to ask me, and then I'm all in. Mm -hmm. But like putting myself out there to to get involved, like I'll become a member and I'll volunteer but to run for a position, I want to be asked. And maybe this is a little bit of a tangent off of what we were doing, but it's, I I feel appreciated when the older generations can reach out and ask for our input.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that makes you feel wanted and like maybe you're needed too. um, I know service is a really big part of, of your makeup, mm-hmm. um, and it is mine too. I was I was raised that way, and I'm just feeling like there aren't ways to do that for our generation, or at least not any that I've found that have been sustainable and have have really sort of grown with the times. Um, and maybe it's, you know, I, I don't think it's a geographic thing. I, I mean, I live in one of the largest agricultural places in the United States, and, mm-hmm. and you do too. Um, but the, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if I'm not looking in the right places or if, you know, I, I do struggle with, I'm not currently a producer. And so I don't feel like I can be involved in that way without, you know, being like a a poser, (laughs) if that makes any sense. Um, but I, you know, I am really wanting something to be able to give service to and to, to, for, for my own growth and for my industry's growth. Um, and just having a hard time finding it. You know, I, I we're all busy. We all have things in our life. But, you know, you can prioritize stuff. And I would love to be able to give some time to an organization like that. Um,
1: well, and most of the time it's, I mean, at the most it's a monthly meeting. You right. know, it's not. And then maybe a few days a, m- a year when convention or something, you know, happens or a golf tournament or something. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not. It's not that big of a time commitment most of the time. Right. Like,
0: it's manageable. hmm Right. And it's... I think it's an important thing to get together with... Well, I was going to say like-minded people, but with, with people who don't share your point of view so that you can learn and grow and um, be exposed to something different and maybe, you know, maybe come up with a unique solution to whatever the issues might be.
1: Yeah. No, and it's... You know, you talked about... Um, prior to starting to record, you know, wanting wanting to rock the boat a little bit or get things get things m- moving what maybe unpack that for listeners a little bit. What do you mean by rocking the boat? and I don't and maybe rocking the boat's not the right term in in agriculture too much because we feel all these pressures from everywhere but what right. what, what what were you what are you thinking? As far as that goes,
0: yeah, I think you know we need to take more decisive action on issues that are facing us right now. Um, you know, it could be activist pressure. It could be—I um, mean, activist pressure takes so many faces these days. You know, especially like like regulatory um, encroachments. I guess is what I what I would call it. Um, and and not being content to sit back and just say a blanket statement that um says oh we you know we said something about that issue but we're not taking a stance one way or the other and I know it's difficult in agriculture because you know we tend to segment ourselves into our sectors um and sometimes those sectors are directly opposed but I think taking taking decisive action on the issues that are facing us and not being afraid to stand up and and have a strong position um, without being afraid of you know offending consumers or um, you know the rest of agriculture from wherever your standpoint is or um, or you know stakeholders in the industry i mean it's there there are a lot of things that were agriculture agriculture that need our immediate attention um and just just seeing platitudes or whatever is politically correct isn't going to get us very far down the line. And, you know, it's like, it's like we feel like we can't make waves or we don't, don't, can't rock the boat because, because someone might get offended, you know? And um, I guess I, you know, I feel like there's a lot of wishy-washiness out there and maybe even ambivalence. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, I was taught to stand up for something, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I guess... I haven't really seen that in the organizations that I'm familiar with and I'm not I'm not trying to bash these organizations or you know badmouth them or anything like that because you know a lot of them are institutional and have been around for a long time and have done good things but I just sort of feel like maybe maybe they're struggling to speak to our generation and I mean we are we are The generation coming into, into, I mean, we're the youngest of our generation coming into adulthood and I mean, gosh, I'm 30 years old now. I've been an adult (laughs) for a while, (laughs) even if I don't feel like it every day. But, um, you know, they tend to be headed by, um, you know, older folks who are maybe past middle age and, um, you know, just have the experience of what's always been done.
1: Yeah, no, and I think, I think, and it's, it's so hard because I'm, I think with, with the political climate, whether we're ta- we're ta- talking about extremism on all sides of the spectrum anymore. You know, we got, I mean, Colorado's in its own level of extremism on putting people, what was it this, this week or last week, you know, putting somebody on the Department of Ag that's a vegan, a activist. vegan, and an, act, uh, an animal activist, and mm-hmm. then you know, in Idaho, there's there's pressures from the ultra conservative side, the mm-hmm. almost the um things, and so the, the extremism. You know, I'm I use this example. I'm getting off on a tangent, but I use this <laughs> example today at work a little bit when I was, you know, in Colorado. Um, I felt like I was extremely conservative. If we're getting political, you know, and then I moved back to Idaho, and I'm a little more liberal than a lot of them. <laughs> and so it's—I wonder if people—they don't want to offend anybody, but they also don't know—don't know how to vulnerably stand up without and. And maybe the issues are a lot more complicated and maybe we're not diving into them far enough either to take a... St- you know, because that's when I don't take a stand is I, I don't know enough about it. But it's it's having the courage to authentically stand up for it too, you know, yeah. and being okay. I, I think we're afraid to take a stance because we're afraid we're going to be wrong.
0: Those and, are some powerful words. That's... Yeah.
1: And once we make a statement, it's public and it can't go back. Mm-hmm. And so if if it's not well thought out, if it's not scripted, it can u- be used against us in some form or fashion. And so it's really, I think it's really terrifying to do that because of, especially in the Colorado climate, and even the Idaho one, um, you make a statement publicly from an organization that might be a little different than what they're, their, um, foundation was built on, you know, um, because we're adapting and growing, but if it's not hundred percent the way somebody else interpreted the bylaws, you know, or, or whatever, is it going to cause an uproar? And I, and it's a hard question because we need people standing up for what's right. We need people speaking truth, about agriculture um we need people speaking truth about what they are going through too mm-hmm. and i think i think fear gets in the way of that
0: i think you're exactly right i think yeah the fear of being wrong the fear of i mean with you're right with the uh with the political climate and how divisive our society is right now um, you know, you say one thing, and then maybe you learn more, and so you change your mind on it, or your stance becomes different, and you're marked as a flip flopper, or you know, someone who can't make up their mind, rather than someone who is trying to be educated about something, and 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 further your your opinion or viewpoint on it. And that's, I mean, that is that is a lot of pressure, like just socially, to be perfect and strong and adamant in whatever you decide to be strong and adamant about
1: well and you even look take the presidents of the united states over the last three years like they they can't be wrong they make a statement and they have to die on that statement and what kind of society have we become that we can't even find one nice thing to say about either one of the last two
0: at the. St- you know, their their speeches. Right, just because they sit on a p- particular spectrum that you're diabolically opposed to, you can't say one single nice thing about, well, like you say, either one of them, um, depending on where you sit.
1: Yeah, and I, um, you know, and so I think, to circle circle back around to your point of, of rocking the boat, or, you know, like, I think a lot of agricultureists have um have differing opinions have strong opinions have strong beliefs but i think we don't want to die on that comment you know because it not be
0: painted with that brush for all eternity yeah okay because
1: it could because we could change our mind and Six months after new studies come out or, or whatever. Not that that decision's uneducated at the time, but there could be more info. Right. Or COVID could hit again, you know, or, yeah. you know, another pandemic and things have to change. But I think we're getting where we have to just be right. And I don't know how, you know, why can't we have a new mindset of growth, of compassion, of of education rather than strength and you know and um, political power and and that sort of thing and i and i don't know if that will you know draw more millennials or more more people with with passion to show up at monthly meetings as as a membership rather than just the board of directors or yeah. what's going to draw our generation to to get involved more?
0: Hmm. That is a really good question. And not... I guess I haven't given a whole lot of thought that far down the line as to what... Okay, so if I'm dissatisfied with what is there, what would get me to be involved? That's a really good question. That's what I'm going to have to think about. Do you have anything off the top of your head that would... They would get you involved or? I think
1: my biggest thing is feeling like I could have a voice at the table if I'm invited to that table. And so just being around people that respect dialogue and conversation and get you forth thinking are things that I like to be involved
0: with. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I would... I would like to revisit this in, I don't know, maybe a month or two, and I've had some time to think about it, because oh. it's easy to sit here and bellyache and be, you know, dissatisfied with the status quo, but if I don't have anything to offer, then it's like not voting. You don't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> <by. laughs>
1: well, and that's, as the next generation, whether, whether the other generations like it or not... <laughs> we're the ones that are eventually going to be in charge at some point. Maybe not us specifically or whatever, but the millennial generation is starting to get into business, starting to become owners, mm-hmm. com- being the ones that are operators. They're mm-hmm. making the business decisions. They're making the buying decisions. Um, and, and I think in certain groups they're accepted, but I still think that there's times that, that we're, we're not, or we're overlooked, Mm -hmm. because we're, we're inexperienced, and rightfully so, we are inexperienced, you know, we don't have the, um, the years of, of experience, and we haven't gone through some of the hard, hard times that those older generations have, but we have to, we have to learn from those guys. We have to build a build a relationship, and then we have to be willing to stand step up when the time is right.
0: Those are good points, and well taken. That you're giving me more food for thought here. I'm not really <laughs> sure how to move forward. <laughs> <laughs> something to chew on, anyway. Yeah, definitely something to chew on. And um, listeners, we this has been a great conversation. I would. You know, I would love to revisit it for sure. But listeners, really curious what you have to say on this on this matter. Whether you're the current generation, you know, wondering when the hell the millennials are going to step up. Or if you're a millennial wondering when the current generation is going to let you step up. Um, you know, if we have to take, take things, take the reins um, and take matters into our own hands without waiting to be asked. Or, you know, really, really consider some of the points that we've brought up tonight, and where do you stand? Do you find that your agricultural organizations serve your interests? Um, Where do you find that they could do something better? Do you think that there needs to be wholesale change? Do I just need to sit down and shut up? That's not likely, but (laughs) (laughs) it's really curious to hear what you have to say from out there in the countryside.
1: Yeah, no, and I think that's that's a great way to leave it, and and just things to to chew on and self-reflect because um, i know i i get in stages in my life where i feel uninvolved unappreciative or unappreciated mm-hmm. and stagnant and it's how much something i have to reflect on is how much of it's my own doing and how much of it is societal doing and most of the time it's a little bit of both um but that's I don't know, maybe something to chew on for this week. Yeah,
0: I think that's a great place to leave it.
1: Awesome. Well, listeners, we thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Millennial Ag podcast. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or email us at talktous@millennialag.com. Until next week, we are Millennial Ag.